Well, Miss Jorgensen, it was a great Oscars, considering nobody won. <laughs> so they got no nominations. Oh, oh, oh. Uh. Thanks so much. Welcome to the Oscars. Congratulations. Congratulations to everyone who's nominated. And here are the nominees for Best Director. And now, here are the nominees for Original Screenplay. Here are the outstanding nominees for performance by an actor in a leading role. Here are the nominees for performance by an actress in a leading role. So here are the nominees for Best Picture. And the winner is Sally Field in Places in the Heart. The first time I didn't feel it, but this time I feel it. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jerry Maguire. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for putting me through what you put me through. But I'm here and I'm happy. <laughs> um, I just want to... Oh, here we go. Okay, uh, the studio, I love you. And Cameron Crowe and uh, Tom Cruise. I love you, brother. And the Academy Award for Best Picture. La La Land. <laughs> What did you do? It's the alternative Oscars. Yes, they're off to a great start. Everyone's already turned off. AKA AKA the Anders Anatomy Awards. Each episode, we pick a different year in Oscars history and attempt to correct the record, stripping the undeserving of all their garlands while record of, of sorry of their gardens while recognizing those who were gardens. Garlands. I said garlands. Okay, <laughs> not gardens. Uh, while recognizing those who were cruelly overlooked, this time we'll be casting our eye back to drumroll, please. Uh, the 29th Academy Awards held held hold, held held held, held uh, March 27th, uh, 1957. 57. Sorry, <laughs> what is wrong with your brain? <laughs> Uh, March 27th, 1957 at the RKO Pantages' 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 We have to cancel the podcast. <laughs> Just go to bed. <laughs> Hosted by Jerry Lewis and Celeste Hom. Holm. Oh, that's a weird combination. That is a very fucking weird combination of people. Are you Reckon- sure about this? Yes, it does. Oh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. This is Jerry this is- Lewis <laughs> and Celeste Holm. What the hell? Hi, Ben <laughs> And she's just like, oh, you know, I'm just a nice normal. He's like, oh, I don't. What? The day the clown cried will not be seen by anyone, even when I'm dead. I, I don't understand how this ceremony would have gone down with those. I mean, did he ever host again? Who knows? Anyway, uh, I don't um, know, but it's like I, I haven't seen anyone. I the only. Oscars I've seen where it was hosted by two people. Actually, no, twice I've seen Oscars hosted by two people. Uh, once was Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin. That was fairly okay. Uh, but mm-hmm. the other time, which was an absolute car wreck, was when Anne Hathaway and James Franco were hosting the Oscars. This was when they were trying to get in the youth uh, audience and uh, was one of the worst uh, Oscars I've ever seen, even though it was saved a little bit by Melissa Leo dropping the F-bomb. Uh, when she won the Oscar for The Fighter, probably the only entertaining moment in the entire Oscars. But Denmark won an Oscar. Susanna Beer won Best Foreign Language Film for... Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. This hasn't happened yet, because we're in 1957. 
Jerry Lewis and Celeste Holmer on stage. Anne Hathaway and James fucking Franco haven't even been born yet. So, uh, so yeah, so why don't we, we're in the Pantages, whatever that is, and uh, we're looking at Jerry Lewis and Celeste Holm and wondering what the hell's going to happen. And um, It's uh, the Hollywood Pantages Theatre, formerly known as the RKO Pantages Theatre. It's located Hollywood and Vine in Hollywood. Well, as opposed to Hollywood and Vine in fucking Manchester. I don't <laughs> there, 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 there is a Hollywood, Florida. Um right so um there is an we... air and space museum <laughs> what wait a minute it's, a, it's from the simpsons oh of course it is I've, okay. been watching, I've been watching a lot of the simpsons to sort of help me go through my whole oh god self, jesus christ self-isolation. Uh, and the, the, the winner for most self-pitying person <laughs> on the planet today goes to my brother who has got covid late to the party fashionably late to the party in 2022 he has contracted the plague and he has a mild cold and therefore thinks the entire world is ending well, i couldn't go to america for my friend's wedding so that's that's true you did miss out on a trip to america but t- i'll tell you one thing about america it's fucking mental so you might be better off but um what uh but, but what so we're in the 1950s uh covid doesn't exist yet um you james franco doesn't exist yet we're talking about the the year 1956 even though we're in 1957 the this is the year where for some reason they decided to give best picture to a film about a david niven in a balloon around the um, world and around the world in 80 days so the other nominations for best picture were that uh, friendly persuasion by uh, directed by William Wyler, Giants uh, George uh, directed by uh, George Stevens. He won Best Director. That was James Dean's last film, uh, the, the King and I, and uh, the Ten Commandments. I mean, that's such a like Hollywood mainstream Hollywood competing with television slew of nominees, isn't it? Um, yeah. What a, so should we start with the minor categories though, just for um... yeah. Uh, so. Interesting. Interestingly enough, Dalton Trombo was he won an Oscar for the film The Brave One, but um, this was you know of people who are understand who know about history. He was uh, he was blacklisted at the time, so he was you know there there was that going on. But this is sort of towards the point where I mean, because he's going to work on Spartacus in 1960, isn't he? So it's like the blacklist has started to relax its grip although it's still there's like anti-communism in hollywood is still rife at this point so but was he at the ceremony do we know if he was a Dalton Trumbull anywhere in the audience uh i don't know if he was in the audience but he he was credited (laughs) he was he was uh i think he he did he did he was credited under a pseudonym called robert rich for the film (laughs) robert rich yeah i I didn't go but oh he froze Sorry, you froze there for a second. Oh, you froze there for a second. <laughs> okay, which category are we starting with? Uh, should we start with uh, sort of the screenplay sort of stuff? The screenplay sort of stuff. Okay, yeah, great. Best, um, best, best uh, so best story went to Dalton Trumbo for The Brave One. Other nominations were High Society, which is the musical version of the Philadelphia story, and uh, the Eddie Dutchman story, The Proud and the Beautiful, John Paul Sartre, and uh, Umberto D, the uh, De Sica film, Vittorio De Sica movie. Oh, God. Italy. I've never seen that. You know what's weird is that Umberto D came out in uh, 1952. Sorry, 1952. Mm-hmm. 
the film that won best foreign language film, which is a bullshit category, was La Strada, which came out in 1954. So what the fuck is going on? I guess it took a long time for those movies to kind of arrive in the United States. Yeah, except, outside except, of Italy. except every other film nominated, including Quivitoc, which we've previously spoken about on this podcast, came out in 1956. So that's just not fair. La Strada, also, La Strada is way too good of a film to be relegated to best foreign language film. There should be about there should be a ton of Oscars given to that, but we can't consider it in our time tinkering project because it came out in 1954. So that I think it's pretty fair to say uh, the screenplay Oscars. I, I think that they're missing one film, and that is uh, the 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 Searchers with uh, what's his face Frank Nugent's uh, screenplay. Yeah, I mean that's a good story. Um, I'm trying to think about other good stories. Are we doing best story? Are we starting there? Well, let's just say. Well, let, I mean, because I uh, let's do because it's a, best story is such a weird one. Let's just do uh, best uh, original screenplay and uh, adapted screenplay. So, best original screenplay went to The Red Balloon by yeah. Albert Lamaris. Um The other nominations Yes. Um, the Bold and the Brave, Robert Lewin. Film called Julie. The tagline for Julie is "What happened to Julie on her honeymoon?" It's like, well, I mean, she had sex. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the, the Lady Killers, um, which she had a lobster. I don't know. Yeah, The Lady Killers, which came out in 1955. So that, I don't understand why that's nominated. Uh, and La Strada, which, as previously mentioned, came out in 1954. So, okay, so let me just say one thing. I've never seen The Red Balloon, but I'm told it's absolutely beautiful, and I kind of don't want to take away its Oscar. But yeah, I will say the other nominations, they didn't really put in any effort because two of these didn't come out in 1956. Like, where is the killing? The the, the Stanley Kubrick film, the killing. Where is um uh like what else came out that year? I mean, um uh, I haven't seen Lust for Life, but is that not uh, I would I mean it's not like it's it's a like an awe-inspiring movie, but I actually thought while the city sleeps was actually quite a quite an interesting movie. Yeah, it's not great though, is it? I mean, it's not. I feel like, in terms of best original screenplay, um, I don't know if the man who knew too much counts. Um, oh, if, that would have been adapted because that's already been a. That's already, already been, been a movie. High Society yeah. is an adapted screenplay. Bigger than Life, Nicholas Ray's Bigger than Life. Do we maybe. know? Maybe or if or even. Uh, I can check, or maybe if we want to just go a little bit outside the box, maybe Satyajit, uh, Satyajit Ray's film uh, Aparajito, which I haven't seen, but uh, just wanted to. Add. Yeah, I mean, judging by the fact that it gets a pretty high average rating on uh, Letterboxd, and uh, is Satyajit Ray, who is amazing. So yeah, I mean, why we should definitely throw that in there. I mean, let's just say um, they could have definitely nominated. Well, they couldn't nominate The Searchers because that's an adapted screenplay as well. It is adapted. It's, a, it's based off a yeah. book the called... Ten Commandments uh... is definitely an adapted screenplay. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what's a good... You know what a film that actually is a really good, tight script is uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, I haven't. I, I still need to see that. I've only seen oh, like a little bit of it. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I would nominate that. But look, let's, get, let's leave it with the red balloon because that's... Um, that's supposed to be really great. And it's the film about a little boy with his balloon in Paris. And it's apparently like a tearjerker. And I think it's just like, how how dare we take the balloon from the boy? And also, I think we should reward the Oscars for thinking outside of the box for a fucking change. And uh, yeah, actually, which they don't really do that no, much. No, they don't they didn't do it then. They don't do it now. These 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 days they don't do that at all because you see a bunch of people on Twitter being like, Oh, this movie's nominated. No, it isn't, that kind of thing. 
Huh? I didn't understand. What you're saying? Some people are claiming that films are nominated. Well, it's just like not... because it's like it's. Why do sorry, you want to bring I, I, Twitter into this? Twitter didn't exist in the 1950s. <laughs> no, but it's just like you know when people like people, I've seen a bunch of tweets being like, "Oh, this movie's getting the recognition it deserves." Oh wait, it's not even nominated. Fuck the Academy or something like that. All right. Well, we'll leave all the people who are having their breakdowns on Twitter to in their own little room. Um, what? Uh, what about best adapted screenplay? I would definitely give it to the Searchers. I would. I mean, I haven't seen Around the World in 80 Days, but I'm pretty sure the Searchers is a much better film than than that film. We'll talk about that. Yeah. I mean, Lust for Life, Giant. I mean, I I, I think High Society should be in there too. Should at least be nominated. I mean, that's a terrific script. It's. I mean, I haven't. Is it a set? It is essentially the same story as the as the Philadelphia story. Yeah, it's just with music. It was perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a brilliant film. High Society is wonderful, uh, and I won't hear any criticism of it because it's like how you've got you've got Louis Armstrong, you've got Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra. They're all singing Cole Porter songs. Grace yeah. Kelly is in it. I mean, what more do you want? Celeste Holm hosting the Oscars, also in High Society. Um, oh, it's a nice. brilliant film. It's an absolutely brilliant film. Um, I would also say that um, uh, the man who knew too much could get a nomination, although I'd probably uh, add a push. But um, I think it definitely could. I mean, we'll, I might bring up uh, the man who knew too much a, a little bit later in the in the sh- in the in the episode. But um, okay, definitely well, deserved de- definitely deserved a few nominations than the ones that it that it got. Yeah. Uh, so let's just say uh, we're going to take away the Oscar from the balloon movie and give it to um, the Searchers, right? Yes. Okay. Not Red Balloon, but the Around the World in 80 Days. Yeah, yeah, right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Around the World in 80 yeah. Days. Man, Man Who Knew Too Much did win Best Song for K Sarah Sarah, whatever will be, will be. No, it's a great song. I'm not, I'm not going to. And I was just a little girl. My, my mother, what shall I be? Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? I you've got Here's what you she still say sing? to me. I'm I'm feeling better now. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> hey, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. We're going the to Wembley. Got us to see. Okay, <laughs> Sarah, Sarah. I don't think I we don't have any to. listeners left. We don't have <laughs> any listeners left in the world. We're doing, yeah. we're just talking into an empty vacuum, um, as opposed to a filled vacuum. I don't know. Um, but uh, but also another musical that was out this year, uh, The King and I did win best scoring of a musical picture and also best sound recording. Because I feel like musicals do. I feel like do when they're nominated at the Oscars, they do do well with the sort of technical stuff. Exactly. Uh, the King and I did even better than expected this year. Yes, it did. It uh, well, Yul Brenner went off with uh, with the best actor. Yeah, we haven't won that yet. Uh, we, we haven't got there yet. So um, yes. We, um, so best song, we're gonna keep it with uh, we're gonna keep it with best uh, with uh, Sera. Um, yeah. Best scoring of a motion picture, by the way, they gave it to the King and I. It should have been High Society. Just saying. Don't know about sound recording. Um, that's your domain. Uh, I definitely maybe I would probably put in maybe the searches because that's some pretty good. Just the the landscapes and the way they sort of use the music and stuff i think there's some good some good sound there yeah but having said i've seen i've seen um high society i feel like with the music and everything the way it's you know uh yeah put in there is 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 pretty good i mean haven't seen the king and i so i can't comment uh what are we doing now supporting actors what are we yeah we could do we could do supporting actors so supporting actor went to anthony quinn for lust for life the the um vincent van gogh Gogh music yeah 
Okay. Other nominations were Don Murray for Bus Stop, the um, Marilyn Monroe film, Anthony Perkins for Friendly Persuasion, uh, Mickey Rooney, The Bold and the Brave, and Robert Stack for Written on the Wind, which is uh, the Douglas Douglas Sirk film, which uh, a few of Douglas Sirk films are on the Criterion channel I really want to check out. Yeah, Written on the Wind is uh, uh, is, is quite something. Um, Robert Stack really chews the scenery in that one. Um but I don't know. Maybe he should have gotten the award. Maybe and I think Anthony Quinn clearly. I mean, Anthony Quinn is a, a legend, a brilliant actor. I have not seen Lust for Life, so I don't know how um, how good he is in that. But I assume he's pretty good. I mean, it's Anthony Quinn for God's sake. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to remember if like um, if this was like the film where Anthony Quinn won an Oscar, where he was on the screen for like two seconds or something. I might have. Well, been I think he's in it a bit longer than that. I mean, yeah, but there was like there was a cup. There was there was. I think there was like two films where he won Oscars for. I'm not sure. There was like Zorba the Greek. Was that the other one? No, it was Viva Zapata. I think that was the other one where he was. He. Oh, I that's think he's a only weird Brando Mexican. Oh, that that's. Yeah, a he was he was he was only in that movie for like ten seconds, and he got an Oscar for it. So that was pretty. That's pretty good on him, I guess. Anyway, uh, so one name that I would throw in there, which is completely out of left field, um, is um, Lee Marvin in Seven Men from Now. The Bud Benedict. Yeah, that that that's a very good performance. Uh, he's, he's amazing in that. He's great he's, in that movie. He's just so menacing and and sexy and sort of and 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 sarcastic and kind of indistinct and you know you don't really know what he's going to do. It's a I think it was a great uh, showing by Lee Marvin. I mean it's in a it's in a B movie to all intents and purposes, but a great B movie. You know, Seven Men from Now is 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 I think one of the great westerns. Um, Seven Men. And you have to stop doing this every time. <laughs> all films have theme songs. If you're gonna sing every one of them, I quit. Okay. I just... <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. I'll uh, stop. The Seven Men from Now. Um, I feel like well, we're big Lee Marvin fans. Do you want to give it to Lee Marvin, or do you want to give it to uh, Ward Bond and the Searchers? I mean, that's just, uh, Ward it... Bond is playing himself, isn't he? I mean, he's just doing his thing. Yeah, but but often Oscars like giving the Academy like giving Oscars to people who are just playing themselves sometimes. It's true and it would have been a good sympathy vote. I mean, he only had a couple more years to live at this point. He died in 1959, I think. Um, yeah, just after uh, Rio Bravo. He'd finished work on Rio Bravo. Yeah. Ward Bond, by the way, has more uh you know the AFI 100 best American movies list. Uh yeah, he's the yeah. actor with the most credits in that list. Yeah. Wow, he's, that's pretty. Cool. He has supporting roles in so many films. He's in, he's in the Searchers. He's in. Uh, it happened one night. He's in. Um, uh, it's a Wonderful Life. He's, you know, he crops up all over the place. Um, I forgot. I forgot he was in it. It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, yeah he's great yeah, in yeah. that. Um, so, um, and he's also in Bringing Up Baby. And he's in Gone. And he's in Gone with the Wind. Oh yeah, yeah, he is, isn't he? Um, well, well, everyone's in Gone with the Wind. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's too bad. Um, so, I feel like I don't want it to go to. Anthony Quinn just because it feels obvious but maybe that's harsh but uh if it were my if I were picking if I was the king of the world I'd give it to Lee Marvin yeah me too even though he did win it for a western years later Cat Baloo yeah but he won that he won the best actor outright I still I still think this is one of his best performances uh yeah so should we do that should we do best supporting actor Lee Marvin yeah let's do that um best supporting actress went to Dorothy Malone for Written on the Wind and she deserves it she was in the big sleep um, uh, in the 1946 film yeah she is uh, she's brilliant and she only died a couple of years ago yeah she was 93 in 2018 yeah and she's she's brilliant in Written on the Wind I mean it's such a campy film but she does she does really well um at the end of the film um 
she has this moment where she's kind of heartbroken, but she's also inherited a huge amount of oil fortune and she cradles this oil derrick to her chest like it's an enormous phallus. Like it's, so, it's so over the top. I love it. Um, nice. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a really silly melodrama, but but so much fun. And she she does it. She plays it so well. So I, I think that's actually on the money. Um, if I was going to give it, if I was going to nominate other people from that year, um, I mean, Celeste Holm is pretty good in in high society. Vera Miles for the Searchers. Vera and Olive Carey from the Searchers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Olive Carey's great in the Searchers. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess that's about it from what I can see here. Looking and just like having a cursory look at Letterbox. I'm happy to leave it with Dorothy Malone. Yeah, I definitely want to watch Britain on the Wind now. Oh yeah, you'd love it. Okay, so should we move up the list? Yeah. So best actor went to Yul Brenner for The King and I. Other nominations were James Dean for Giant. This was this was a uh, post, uh, posthumous nomination as he had just passed away. I think this was like the first time... Oh no, he was the second actor to receive a posthumous nomination for acting. Posthumous? Posthumous. 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 Uh, Kirk Douglas was nominated for Lust for Life. Uh, he played Vincent van Gogh. Uh, that was directed by, I believe... Uh, oh yeah, it was Vince, Vincent Minnelli, yeah. yeah. Uh, for some reason, I thought it was George Cukor for some reason. Uh, Rock Hudson, he was also nominated for Giant and Laurence Olivier Shakespearing it up as Richard III in Richard III. Now, I've not seen all of Richard III, but I've seen clips from it and Laurence Olivier is obviously very good. So he clearly deserved the nomination. Um, yeah. James Dean, haven't seen Giant. James Dean probably should have won it for Rebel Without a Cause because he's really quite something in that film. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so other candidates, I, I'm kind of astonished, even though I haven't seen the film that Gregory Peck didn't get a nomination for Moby Dick, but I, I don't know how well that film did, but I'm, I'm told it's quite good or quite fun. Uh, yeah, it's a John Huston film, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be quite, it's supposed to be pretty good um, for what it is. Yeah, right. I think, I mean, it's hard to adapt that book for sure. Um, yeah, because it's so like thematically like strong although you could just cut to the chase and do literally cut to the chase and just do the whale stuff but anyway um, yeah so maybe may, may i don't know maybe this is a bit of a long shot but maybe sterling hayden for the killing yeah yeah i mean uh i think we, he should be in the conversation and um i would also even say james stewart for the man who knew too much Oh, I wouldn't necessarily. I feel like James does not. I feel James Stewart is good in that film, but he's not. He, he should have got it for Vertigo or The Naked Spur. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, I, I honestly, like, I hate to say it, but uh, John Wayne should have won the Oscar this year. Yeah, he should have. I think, like, I Ethan was Ed- <laughs> yeah, like Ethan Edwards is just like it's a fantastic performance. It's like the influence of that film is felt throughout film history. Like you know, without Ethan Edwards, you don't get Travis Bickle and Taxi yeah. Driver. Well, I mean, look, we've talked about the searches so many times. Our listenership must be so bored, and a lot of people don't like it. A lot, of, and also look, a lot of people don't like the film's politics. And I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of discussion to be had about like is the searches a criticism of racism or is it a racist film? I actually think it's both. I think it is both a racist film and a film that calls out white supremacy. Now, I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying that is what it is. I happen to really like it and I think it's an important film, but other people yeah. should be um should reserve the right not to watch it if they don't feel like they want to endorse John Wayne or endorse, you know, the movie. It is 
for my money anyway, just terrific and really, really interesting um, as well. So, and John Wayne's performance is, um, whether it's entirely deliberate, I don't know, because he wasn't, I don't think he was a particularly smart guy uh, or a particularly smart actor, but John Ford really knew how to direct him. Uh, and we'll get, yeah. we'll get to John Ford in a moment. Um, and uh, so- I guess, he, I guess he saw him in Red River and then he thought like, okay, this son of a bitch can act and then I can make him go to work in this movie. Mm, yeah, and I mean, I think he knew he knew from from before that Wayne had more in him, but um, yeah, I, yeah, I think that anecdote about Red River, you know, where, the, where he turns to Howard Hawks and says, "I never knew the big son of a bitch could act." I think that's probably true. And um, wait, when did um, when did Sands of Iwo Jima come out? Oh, I don't know. Did this, did this come, that came out before. Uh... I think so. I think so. I, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. It came out forty nine. Came out nineteen forty nine. And he was nominated for that, right? He was not. That was his first uh, Oscar nomination. He wouldn't get another nomination until nineteen sixty nine for uh, True Grit. Yeah, for yeah. Rooster Cogburn. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it, he's definitely better in The Searchers than he is in True Grit. Even though he's very good in True Grit, shouldn't be should not be overlooked. But so yeah, I think it, it, it's it's his greatest films. It's I think it's arguably John Ford's greatest film. Um, it is an incredible piece of you know he's such an iconic character in the american landscape and um mm. i mean i'm sorry but yul brenner in the king and i just isn't so i i think if you're happy let's give it to john wayne let's give it to johnny wayne yes the duke himself yeah and uh just like give him a slap on the wrist for being such a anti-communist Burke. Um, oh, thank God he doesn't exist in the world of Twitter. Oh, oh my God, God in the world of Trump, <laughs> can you imagine? Um, right. So, best actress. Best actress went to went went. Sorry, went to Ingrid Bergman for the movie Anastasia. Uh, mm. She wasn't in the. Uh, she wasn't there to get the award, and Cary Grant accepted it on her behalf. That's nice. Um, I haven't seen Anastasia. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the other movies that are nominated. Uh, that are that were other the other performances that were nominated that are in this nomination list uh baby doll which is the Ilya kazan film which is i think based on a tennessee williams uh play or story that's supposed to be quite good i remember rich hole uh the comedian rich hole did a doc did a bbc documentary about the deep south and films set in the deep south and i think that was one of the movies that he brought up and he showed clips from it it was either that or pinky but i think it, it looked like a really interesting movie baby doll and that was Carol Baker who was nominated for that. Carol Baker who was nominated, yeah. And Deborah Kerr was nominated for The King and I. Nancy Kelly for The Bad Seed, which is a uh, Mervyn Leroy film. Uh, and The Rainmaker with uh, Catherine Hepburn. Yeah, so interestingly, um, I think Deborah Kerr was passed over because she was dubbed by Marnie Nixon, just like Audrey Hepburn would be in um, My Fair Lady a few years later, which is a shame because Deborah Kerr can sing. Um and um oh nice uh but anyway they dubbed her and um and she and marnie nixon i think had no there was no love there was they 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 we were fine you know there was no hard feelings but um that's probably one of the reasons she didn't get it because she's supposed to be great in that film it's kind of her big apart from that and from here to eternity are kind of her big iconic american roles um i would say that um I mean, Kath, to give it to Catherine Hepburn just feels a bit gratuitous because she could get nominated every year, and she did win. I mean, she, she's she won, she's a, the... she won a ton of Oscars anyway. I mean, she she she. Um, I mean, didn't she win it for a couple of t- different times? I mean, she's 
she's won it four times she was like she was she was she was she was meryl streep before meryl streep came around yeah so um it feels a little hard to take <laughs> away from Ingrid Bergman, but one person I would actually nominate is uh, Doris Day from The Man Who Knew Too Much because she, yeah, never that's... Did, she never did anything nearly as interesting, I don't think, as that film. No, she never did. It's a shame. I mean, also just, I mean, Calamity Jane is the only one I can think of that she did. And she did a lot of movies with um, Rock Hudson, a lot of comedy romance movies in the 60s. But yeah, she never really did anything of like of note since... Well, I think some people would probably disagree with you in terms of like. I mean, then again, I haven't so, seen yeah. much of what she's done, so I I can't base that off anything. But I'm pretty, I'm I'm sure she has. But I I mean, I can only really think of her in this movie. And it's also, so funny Calamity. looking at looking at the the titles of her films like Move Over, Darling, Romance on the High Seas, Love Me or Leave Me, Midnight Lace. They all sound like Hollywood titles from um from like you know L.A. Confidential or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, you should have seen young, him, uh, by the light of the silvery moon. Um, you know. young, young man with a horn. That's a Michael Curtis film that with sounds, Kirk Douglas. That sounds a little bit, uh, hmm. uh, <laughs> um, bit, bit risque, I say. Uh, yeah, young man with a what? Um, there's a, isn't there a film? Tunnel, called... tun- the tunnel, the tunnel of love and pillow talk. Jesus. Okay, so apparently Doris Day did porn. Um, no, please film... don't. Please, please don't eat the daisies. That's an interesting title. Okay. Um, there is a film that she did in 1949 called My Dream Is Yours, which Scorsese talks about in the documentary that we're always name checking. Um, oh yeah, my personal journey through filmmaking. American film. Um, American film. Sorry. Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, I, I think we should give it to Doris Day because I think she's really yeah. cool in, uh, the man who knew too much. Um, Right, I think she. I think she's amazing. I think that whole, that whole sequence in the in the opera house the Albert when Hall. the Albert Hall. Sorry, um, I, I didn't know if it was the Albert Hall. I was they thinking they talk head. about the Albert Hall for half the film, and they show it from the outside, and it's the unburned of. The, uh, all right, I haven't seen the movie for a very very long time. I would like to see it again because it does have one of my favorite moments of dialogue where like jimmy stewart's trying to get information and this guy's just like this man is dead <laughs> um but anyway back to the alba hall sequence i think that whole moment is very well done and i think yeah. that the way that they use the editing and the pacing of it is great as well and also the despair in her in her eyes and trying to prevent this assassination from happening and then and that's and then later where she plays the song and she sings it, and her son hears yeah. it upstairs, who's been kidnapped, and he knows it's his yeah. mother. That's actually really quite moving. I think that, yeah. always, that always hit me when I watched that film. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think she deserves it. I think she, she. I'm kind of shocked that she wasn't nominated. Um, anyway, uh, so best director. Yeah, best director went to. Uh, George Stevens for a giant. Yeah, I haven't seen him. It's supposed to be very good. He's won it twice. He won it for A Place in the Sun and also this movie. Yeah, he's been he's been nominated a bunch of times. The the more the merrier. Shane, Shane's giant. Shane should have won a hat full of Oscars. And uh, the Diary of Anne Frank in 1959. Uh, Um, I would like to see. I really would like to see Giants, even though. I don't know. It's yeah. I would really like to see that movie. Just because. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame that James Dean died so young. He was just getting getting started. 
yeah yeah no it's true i mean and, uh it, it it sounds very it sounds very interesting i don't know that it is better than the searchers but let's see what else was nominated in best director uh, around the world in 80 days for michael anderson right uh william wyler for friendly persuasion walter lang the king and i mm. and king vidor war and peace right um, which i think does star audrey hepburn and henry fonda and mel ferrer i think um, yeah. okay so yes, it does uh kubrick should have been nominated for the killing yeah definitely i'm interested to see that vincent minnelli is not on that list for lust for life but whatever i would also say one film although i haven't seen it but a film that gets incredible it's a very very famous film that gets a very very high rating on letterboxd and all sorts of other places is the burmese harp directed by konichi kawa yeah i really want to watch that that's on the criterion channel i really want to check that that's supposed to be amazing yeah i feel like they might have given that some notice um it was nominated for best foreign language film all right um i suppose that's something um yeah, then there's Satajit Ray, as we already mentioned. Um, I uh, I read The Red Balloon as well for... Uh, who was the director of that movie? Uh, Albert Lemoris. Yeah. Well, I think two of the standout films of 1956 for me, certainly from an American perspective, are Invasion of the Body Snatchers and The Killing. They're both such good B-movies. And, Don, and they're directed by such pros as well in terms of... You've yeah, got exactly. Don Siegel directs The Body Snatchers uh, and... Uh, and Stanley Kubrick goes to killing. But again, uh, those are just nominees. Frankly, for me, I don't see how you could give it, how you could not give it to John Ford for the searches. Also because it was clearly like, and this is where I don't understand why they did, why they didn't recognize the searches because John Ford was an old man. He'd been in Hollywood for ages. Um, he brings this film into being that's kind of miraculously good. And it's a perfect chance to give him that sympathy vote Oscar, you know, the end of career, like, here you go, uh, now right off into the sunset kind of thing. But I guess it's that the searches just wasn't that critical, like, it wasn't that big. It was a maybe it was maybe, it was, maybe it was, maybe it was too dark for the Oscars because, you know, I think like Westerns and stuff, they want it, they want their Westerns to be heroic. Well, and, they, and, you and, know. Oscar, and the Oscars, even back then, the Oscars never gave awards to Westerns. Yeah, I mean, Shane, we did mention Shane was nominated for Best Director, but that never didn't really that win that much either. Yeah. No, that, Shane should have gotten a, gotten a ton of awards. Van Heflin should have won for Shane for Best Supporting Actor. Anyway, um, so I think John Ford should get it. Yeah, I think he should have he should have got it. And I mean, he already won a bunch of Oscars already, but like how green was my valley? He won Best Director for that. Yeah, well, actually, you know what? If you're up for it, I want to talk about that because that was the year that Citizen Kane should have won. So we could take away... Yeah, Green was my valley, and give it, give him that Oscar instead. Give that Oscar instead for the the searches. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like when Martin Scorsese won it for The Departed, he should have won it for like all the other movies that he got nominated beforehand. Yeah, let's be honest. Although The Departed's very good. Except, you know what annoys me about The Departed? It's not filmed in Boston. Like it doesn't, no, it, it doesn't look like Boston. That's really irritating. Yeah, I know they filmed in New York and stuff. It's very weird they did that. Yeah. Um, I didn't like seeing Martin Sheen go. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I uh, uh, yeah, John Ford, give it to him. Yeah. And also give it best fucking picture because they gave best picture to the sodding around the world in eighty days. Yeah, the searchers should have won it. I don't know other candidates for best picture. Um, I would say. Uh, 
definitely high society. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, they could have also given a best supporting actor uh, nod there to Frank Sinatra. He's very good in that film. Um, Do you think maybe Jeffrey Hunter should have got a best supporting actor nomination for The Searchers? I hope you die. Uh, no, um, he's very good, but he's not that good. Is he bit bit chewing the scenery? Well, not chewing the scenery so much. He's just not very. Um, he's not the most dynamic actor that's ever there. He's very good for that role. Um, a lot of people do really well with their parts and stuff. Everyone is perfectly cast, pretty much. Um, One person who I think who does very well in the searches, who's in it for a small amount of time, Harry Carey Jr. I was just about to say, yeah, Harry Carey Jr. is very good. But anyway, we're not. To, we're moving on. The, the yeah. searches. I mean, I think we're. I think it's pretty clear that we're going to give it best picture. Just thinking about other nominations, though, um, that could have gotten it. Like the Burmese Harp, clearly they should have bumped it up from best foreign film yeah. um uh i mean did did lust for life get nominated you seen Lust for life didn't get no lust for life got nominated in a bunch of categories but not that giant is nominated so i feel like yeah. i feel like that probably deserves it um a very cool french film that came out in 1956 called bob le flambeur i mean it's not good enough to get yeah. nominated but i just want to throw it out there as a recommendation if people want to watch it yeah, it is actually pretty. Now that I look at it, it is. It's interesting. In this year, the the this was. I think this was the second. This was the second time that since the introduction of the supporting actor and the actresses that all the four acting Oscars were given to different films that weren't nominated for best picture or or I mean who that were not that that they they it was it was interesting that they were all given to different movies like it wasn't just like it wasn't like just one film like taking all the oscars yeah i mean that's always nice when it when they can share it out a bit um yeah well which which didn't really happen again until 2006 when you know when george uh, no sorry uh truman uh, philip seymour hoffman won for capote and then and uh reese witherspoon for Crash, no, not Crash, uh, Walk the Line. Well, and, we covered um, that in an earlier episode. Yeah, 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 which we covered in an earlier episode because that was it, where they, you know, it was they, it was different films at one, and you know, it was it was interesting because then it's like you don't really know who's who's going to get it, so it's like who's going to get it, who's going to get it, because it's more fun when you go into it thinking like I wish I wonder who's going to get it instead of being like, well, of course they're going to give it to this person. Oh yeah, this is just a shoot. Yeah, a lot of the time it's so boring. It's just like, oh yeah, of course, of course, fucking uh, whatever uh who's who's like a really predictable oscar winner from recent years um oh i don't like to cap like to capro for the revenant, revenant we all yeah, know he was gonna all get know. it but you know what there was a year recently though wasn't there where alice and janney won for one film and then sam rockwell won for a different movie and that was, yeah that was good. Uh, i i tanya and uh three uh, three billboards outside of ebbing missouri yeah yeah so there's something you know it still happens but i mean i feel i don't think that was a shoe in either i think there were other people that year that could have won so yeah, who was it? It was. Um... Well, no, we're not talking about that. We can we can get to that. But um, we can get to that. Yeah. It's just an example. I, mean, I but uh, yeah, I, I agree. A lot of the time, it is just like painfully predictable who's gonna who's gonna get the the the, the gong. Yeah, um, I don't think I'm gonna watch the Oscars this year. Oh yeah, why not? Well, they did recently give out a very controversial statement saying they're not gonna present all the 23 Oscars nominations. Some of them. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, some of them aren't going to be even televised and basically the whole well all of like film lovers just said why that's just wrong that's like a slap in the face for all the people who you know have their moment 
yeah, it's a good way. To, it's a good reason to boycott them. Although I did see that they are reuniting the cast of The Godfather, obviously without Marlon Brando and John Gazzale, uh, for uh, the fiftieth anniversary. Yeah, it's true. They're I did. I did, I, I did see that. Yeah. So that I don't know. I, I haven't. I haven't quite decided yet if I'm gonna if I'm gonna watch it. But I just feel like that was. It's just it, and also just for like the short film categories as well, like not having those people have a moment on TV to sort of say thank you and like celebrate the success of their projects. I think that's just like a really that's that's so bad as well. There's so much. There's so much. There's so much television. It's nonsense. Of course, you can show the whole ceremony. Absolute ridiculously. It's absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're not doing it. I just think like the whole thing, this whole war of ratings, it just has to end because you're just you're not. Who's a fuck about ratings in the modern world? I mean, yeah, it's, it's so like, stupid. like no, no, like no one, not everyone is going to watch the Oscars. The only people who are going to watch the Oscars are people who love films or people well, who. No, no, that's not true. There, there's people who watch them because they love celebrities. Let's not forget. There's people yeah, who yeah, watch yeah, them. Of course, I, I know. I have friends here who don't give a fuck about films or who watch the Oscars every year. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, I understand. Like, okay, people like who, so okay, so people who like to see the fashion and the the but you celebrities can tune in later for that stuff. All the yeah. birds and cinephiles, also all the families of the people who nominate, give them the hour or whatever it takes to do those other Oscars. Like, who? What are you going to show before then? Just more bump from the red carpet, like. Yeah, but it's just like trying to like they're doing like this Twitter thing of like best like uh, an Oscar that people on Twitter can like vote for oh, and stuff God. like that. Are they sounds... actually doing that? Uh yeah, I'll uh, I'll just get it up. It's it's the um, it's uh oh, what was it called? It was something really stupid. Uh, it was oh, I can't remember what it was. It was like best like right, right, yeah. internet moment or something like that. Best and it was just internet moment. Oh, oh no, it's Oscars cheer moment. So it includes oh god, it's it's funny. It's it's some films not even from like. That, that were nominated that were from this year uh avengers assemble in avengers endgame uh the effers effie whites and i'm telling you i'm not going dream girls uh the flash speed force from Zack snyder's justice league neo dodging bullets the matrix and spider-man team up in spider-man no way home that better be the matrix that came out last year not the one that came out in 1999 right no it's 1999 the first matrix what Is it, so they're doing it's, this from all it's 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 weird i don't get it so so the biggest cheer moments in the history of film two of them are from avengers films one of them is from the matrix the rest of them are from films that came out in the last i'm sorry what (laughs) it makes no sense i mean like off the top of my head or when the death star explodes or like what are you talking about and also what a bullshit category god i hate the oscar it's so stupid i don't know should we knock should we knock this on the head um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Come, back, best, come back. Best pitch. Yeah. Best, we'll, keep, best. we'll keep doing, we'll keep doing, <laughs> even though we hate the Oscars, we'll keep doing this stupid podcast because yeah. it's fun. Um, yeah. So, yeah, best picture goes to the searchers just to bring it back to 1957. Right. So, we basically gave all the Oscars to the searchers, and we also gave one to another Western uh, in the shape of Lee Marvin's performance in Seven Men from Now. We rewarded Doris Day, uh, and we allowed Dorothy Malone to keep her Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's I think it's good work. I think it's good work. Um, yes. What are we doing next time? Uh, the, what we're going to be doing next time is uh, doing a little bit more of you know this, and uh, we're going to go back to the '90s because the '90s were a very interesting period for uh, 
Oscars, I think. Um, I, think it's, we did... I think that's the, that's, there's so much gold to be mined in the 90s. There are so many, like, really weird decisions. Yeah. So we're going to go to the 67th uh, uh, Annual Academy Awards, uh, which was hosted again, March 27th, 1995. And uh, David Letterman was a host. Well, okay. Well, we'll come back and uh, we'll do that next time. Yes. So, um, yeah, do check out the episodes on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Royal, and Google Podcasts. We we have the Linktree link. You can click that and you, it will take you to all the directories where we have all the episodes that you can check out. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Fabricius91. Adam is at Northampton Dane. We're both on Instagram. What about the yeah. podcast has a Twitter thing as well, doesn't it? Yeah, Holmes. I was getting to that. Uh, at Holmes Movies Pod, you can follow us there. You can also follow our. Um, you can also check out our blog. I just posted something recently about uh, Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley, which is really good. And uh, you can also send us an email at uh, homesmoviespodcast at gmail.com. Wonderful. Well, I'll see you next time for more of this Oscars fandango. Yes. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>